0: You guess what's next? Four. four. Five. No, I just can't. You're right. It was four. Five. I mean counting. What are we doing this? Counting can be kinda of boring and you wonder what am I doing this for? Because maybe most of us feel bored in math class. And if you don't, that's okay. The people who really love math are the people who end up being like software engineers and you guys end up really rich someday, so good for you guys. But for most of us who maybe don't like math class. Six. Did I get five? I don't remember. Oh, I got to start it over again. One. Counting can feel pretty boring. And our story tonight begins with counting. It begins with counting because out in the middle of this field outside a little town called Bethlehem, shepherds are doing what they do every night. They're counting one by one, each and every single one of their Sheep. And they do this to make sure that none of their sheep escaped during the day and everybody is accounting for. The life of a shepherd sometimes can be pretty boring because their whole life is to count the sheep. Maybe that's why people try to fall asleep by counting sheep. I don't know. But they count the sheep, make sure everybody's there. The next morning they take the sheep out to eat some grass. They take the sheep to go and drink some water, and their whole life is just focused on making sure the sheep just don't run away. That is the shepherd life. But for these shepherds in particular, on this night in particular, something is just a little bit different. As they're out on the outskirts of this town, they can can see the town a ways away, and they see a very long line of people walking to this town. And there's this very long line of people because the government made this rule where they wanted to count everybody. So they told everybody to go back to the land that their ancestors were from. And that's how they're going to count everyone from their homeland. So these shepherds were probably from this place called Bethlehem. And they're out there hanging out in the fields, the exact same fields that another shepherd boy who often got really bored, got really good at slinging a rock and playing the harp, but that's, a, that's another story. But these shepherds are out there in the fields counting their sheep. And as they look off in the distance and they see the long line of the people, it reminds them a little bit of what their life is actually like because the people are all the way over there and they are all alone out here. Do you know what it feels like to feel outcasted, have you ever felt what it feels like to be lonely? I remember for me when I was in eighth grade, I had a great friend group and I was hanging out lunch with my friends, some of them were like my basketball teammates, some of them, there's like actually girls in this friend group too, which was like new for me. That was like when I first started talking to girls, eighth grade, Jared, there you go. Maybe seventh grade, I don't know, whatever. But I had this really cool friend group and we hung out and it was super fun. And sometimes one of, these, one of the girls in the friend group, she had like a really big house. So they'd host like end of the year party, that kind of stuff. It was really great. And we we're really connected. But then after eighth grade, everybody went off to different high schools. And so I went off to high school and some of my same friends went to high school too that were in that friend group. But even though I had some of the same friends and I had friends, people that I knew, I still just felt Disconnected. And I didn't really feel like I belonged. And so there were times where I felt lonely, kind of like this picture, where at lunchtime, sometimes I would sit by myself. There's this little spot kind of by the library where I'd sit by myself, and I knew I felt like I just looked like a loser. That's how I felt. And I felt like I didn't really have friends, even though I could have just gone and hung out with the people that I knew. I didn't feel much different hanging around people than I did being by myself. So I thought I might as well just be by myself. Have you ever felt lonely? That's how shepherds felt. And right now, a lot of us feel lonely because in a time when we have never been more connected on our phones, on the outside, We've never felt more disconnected on the inside. The shepherds were not only exhausted, not only, sorry, lonely, but they were also exhausted. Because even though the job was boring at times, trying to hem all these sheep, the job was harder depending on how many sheep you had. And one of the shepherds that day, this dumb little baby sheep kept going off. So he'd have to go and pick up the baby sheep and put it over his shoulders and walk it back and then run off again. he had to pick it up, and walk it back. And he was exhausted from carrying this baby sheep all day. And then two of the shepherds, they were just chilling, minding their own business when a mountain lion came and tried to take one of their sheep. The sheep was like, and the mountain was like, "Ah!" and so the shepherds, they, they have to go and fight off this lion. And that was exhausting. And then another shepherd, or several other ones, they were tired because a bad shepherd who was not part of their group came in and tried to steal one of their sheep. And that's not cool, right? That's messed up. So they had to fight off the thief as well. And these were things that were common in the life of a shepherd. And even though they were working so hard and they provided sheep and goats for people that gave them wool for their clothes and gave them milk and it and it gave them sacrifices. We're going to talk about what that means in a second. But it gave them sacrifices, which is what they needed. They provided people things that they needed, but they felt unappreciated and they still felt lonely and they still felt outcasted from everyone else. And they felt exhausted. Have you ever felt like you're tired and you're doing so much, but nobody sees what you're doing? Nobody's appreciating you the way you feel you should be appreciated for all that you're doing. Because you're trying to be a good teammate or you're trying to be a good student or you're trying to be a good son or daughter, but you can feel at times unseen or unappreciated for everything that you're doing for others. Because all in one day, you probably had some friendship, gossip, and drama that you had to resolve and be like the peacemaker there. And then later in the day, you had to go to practice with your dumb teammates who are being a ball hog or they're being annoying or they're not doing what the coach is saying and you're just trying to hold that together. And then you go home and you're like procrastinating your homework because homework sucks. And then you start scrolling on like TikTok or social media and, and if we're being honest, just doing that kind of makes your brain feel a little foggy and not great and it doesn't really make you feel great about yourself. Because people are posting things that just don't always make you feel good about yourself. And so then after that, you finally get to do your homework. And then after that, you maybe look up and you just kind of wonder, God, like, what's the point in all of this? Does anybody see me? Does anybody appreciate what I'm doing? Why do I still feel lonely, God? I'm still trying to do what you have told me to do. I'm trying to. Live this life to the best of my ability. That's what the shepherds felt like. Earlier in that same day, they were making money by selling their wool and they're selling the lambs and goats for their sacrifices. And just like I told you guys earlier, I'll tell you now what the sacrifices meant was back in their time before Jesus, they would have to sacrifice an animal for their sins. So sin is this thing that taints us. It breaks us apart. It's it's when we disobey God and we run from him and it ruins our life. And we all have sin in our life. And the way that people would be made right with God is they would take a lamb and they would sacrifice it. And that symbolized the bloody destruction that sin brought into our world. And that a sacrifice had to be made for them to be made right with God again, to be at peace with God. And so these shepherds were constantly surrounded by sheep, constantly surrounded by lambs and taking care of lambs who were born to die. And I can't help but wonder if every day as they're looking around at all these sheep that would be sacrifices for people's sin, if it reminded them of their own sin if it reminded them of their own inadequacies, their own not feeling good enough day after day. Do you ever have reminders that pop up in your head that you don't want to be there of like past sins in your life or maybe present struggles? Or maybe you have thoughts of regret or you have thoughts of like, I'm not good enough and you forget to see yourself how God sees you as his adopted son or daughter. If you put your faith in Jesus, the shepherds were constantly reminded of their sin, of their inadequacies, feeling worthless. Maybe you can feel like you identify a little bit with the shepherds. And they finish counting these sheep and they walk over and they make a little fire. And they're sitting around this crackling fire and it felt like just another normal night. Except it wasn't another normal night. Because if you could imagine with me, we zoom out from this scene and we go over to the town and over here we see another scene taking place. Now this is a scene that nobody saw coming. Even the angels of heaven probably didn't see this one coming. I'm sure that as the angels of heaven are looking down at this scene, they're holding their breath as they see the Son of God Come into the world and become flesh. And they probably turn to God in heaven. And they're like, We never imagined this would happen. We never imagined that the God of all eternity, the God of all glory and majesty, would humble himself and become a human to identify with his people. And they, they turn to God and they're like, God, we have to tell somebody about this because this is insane. This is blowing our minds. God, who do we tell? Surely you want us to go and tell the religious rulers, the people who like really know their Bible really well and everybody kind of looks up to them. God, surely you want us to go and tell King Herod, the king. God, surely you want us to tell somebody who is important to everybody. And God says, no, I don't want you to tell somebody who's important to everybody. I want you to tell somebody who's important to me. Do you see those shepherds out there far away from everybody else sitting around that fire? That's who I want you to tell. If you knew what God knows about you, which is everything, by the way, God kind of knows everything. But if you knew what God knows about you, would you choose yourself to be the first people, the first person to ever hear the news that the Savior of the world is here? I probably wouldn't choose myself because I know my own flaws. I know my own inadequacies. Maybe we wouldn't choose ourselves. The good thing is that God doesn't work like us. God gives this thing called grace. Grace is a gift. It's Christmas. We give gifts, but grace is a gift that we don't deserve. And God loves to give his grace to people who never would have even expected it. To people who think, God, you would choose me? Those are the people who God loves to give his grace to. And just like God chose the shepherds, God chooses teenagers who have felt rejected by others. Back at this calm scene around the fire, all you can hear is the crackling of this fire and the snoring of the lambs. Is anybody snoring here? I'm just curious. Okay. Your roommates maybe don't like you. I don't know. We went to the men's retreat and there's definitely some snores there. There's the snoring of the lambs, the crackling of the fire. And then something crazy happens. As they're peacefully sitting around this fire, just tired after the day, maybe they're eating a meal, there's a sudden burst of light and glory unlike anything you've ever seen like way brighter than looking at the sun with your bare eyes there's this burst of light and glory and the shepherds are like freaking out they're probably on the back on the ground looking up at this light scared out of their minds and an angel from heaven is there and when we think of angels and the movies and angels like a buff looking dude or like a, you know people that work out and they take their supplements and they're all cool. But the way the Bible describes angels sometimes is a little creepy, if I'm being honest with you. Sometimes it describes them as looking like people. Sometimes it describes angels as having a bunch of wings and a bunch of eyes. If you encountered an angel, you might be like, wow, your first thought might be, aliens are real. Your second (laughs) thought might be, I'm going to die now. (laughs) And that's why they were terrified. This is what happens. Check this out in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So they're terrified of these angels but it's not just that maybe the angels scared them a little bit or that it came out all of a sudden, but there's also a deeper spiritual reason for their fear that I think you and I could probably identify with. It says that the angels were surrounded by the radiance of the Lord's glory. Now God's Glory is like his beauty, his splendor, his majesty. It's like everything that's awesome, we call that God's glory. And you and me, as people who were created in the image of God, we were made to be in worship and be in wonder and be in awe of God's glory. But because of our sin, our sin makes us afraid Of the good things that we were made for. Our sin makes us afraid of God and his glory. And it makes us not worship him, but worship other things instead. And so the shepherds in their sin, in their darkness, they're just scared. And it's natural to feel scared, you guys. It's natural because we have sin nature. But the angels bring this good news. They're like, don't be afraid. It's almost as if they're saying, I know why you're scared, but I have good news for you. You don't have to be scared anymore because the Savior of the world is here and he's here to take that fear away. That thing that makes you afraid to come into the presence of an all-loving God who wants to shower you with his grace. Jesus came to take that away, to save you from that. He's here to bring joy And not fear. And then this angel was like, hold up. Let me text the angel group chat. And he texts the angel group chat and tells all his buddies to pull up. And then there's thousands of angel armies. Thousands of angels. It says all the angel armies of heaven are worshiping together. So what just went from one angel went to tons and tons of angels in the sky. We could imagine worshiping God. Maybe just surrounding these shepherds. And they're singing the song, glory to God in the highest Peace on earth with whom God is pleased. And it could have gone on forever. That could just be a summary of the song that they sing. But they're praising God. And then as suddenly as it began, there's silence. And they're left with just the sound of the crackling fire and the (laughs) snoring sheep. That was a bad snore, but you know what I meant. That sounded more like a pig snort. The sound of the crackling fire and the snoring sheep. And a question. What does this mean? Acts chapter 10, verse 36. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You guys, if you get anything about out of attending anthem youth ever i love that all of you guys are here but if you get anything out of this like ever every wednesday night you ever come here this is it it's a message that transcends everything it's that jesus can give you peace with god jesus came to give you peace with god to give you a relationship With God. As these shepherds are surrounded by sheep who are born to die for sins, they are told for the first time that there's someone who came to save them. And many years later, about give or take 30 something years later, 30 years later, there's a prophet named John the Baptist who sees Jesus and he cries out and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's who Jesus came to be for us. All these lambs that were sacrificed again and again and again, it was just a foreshadow. It was a preview. It was a commercial. It was a trailer for what Jesus would actually do to be the final Lamb of God who takes away all of our sin. But what about you? Maybe like the shepherds, You've lived a life that feels tainted by loneliness. Maybe you feel exhausted. Maybe you feel unappreciated. Maybe you're always reminded of sin. Maybe you feel regret. Jesus came to solve the heart of our problem. All those emotions are real, but they really come from a source, and that source is that we are broken and we need to be healed. And that's what Jesus came to do, to give us peace with God, to give us joy instead of fear. And so the shepherds hear this message in Luke chapter 2, verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there is the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Could you imagine how fast these shepherds were running to get into the town? Like, full speed, as fast as they could, knocking on every door. And imagine this, they're going up to a door. People open the door. A manger was a part of the house where they kept the animals. Open the door. Uh, Is there a baby in your manger? Uh, No. That's like saying there's a baby in your dog bowl, you guys. It's weird. No, why would there be a baby in a manger? Well, we heard from some angels that the Savior of the world is here and he's in a manger. He's in a dog hole. Uh, no, you got the wrong house and you should, I don't know, get off drugs. I don't know. And then they go to the next house. Is there a baby in your manger? No, why would there be a baby in our manger? That sounds really unsanitary. We should call child protective services. It doesn't sound like a good thing to do. They go to the next house, the next house, and finally they find this baby in a manger. And it doesn't say it, but I could imagine like the wise men Who came later, they worshiped him because they knew who he was. They knew what he came to do. You know that story that you love to tell? That story that maybe it's like how you met your best friend or maybe it's that story of uh, like a great accomplishment that you achieved or that story about running from the cops or maybe not that story, but a story that you really love to tell. There's this Christmas song that tells a story. It's a guy telling the story and he says, I met her up in Delaware in 1937. She was wearing red lipstick to match a pretty dress. December 24th at a quarter to 11 is when I finally gained the courage to ask her to dance. And this whole song is about this guy telling that story. He's a traveling man. He goes from town to town and he tells that Christmas story every time he sees new people. And finally he settles down and he starts to get old. And he keeps telling the story and all the kids in the town will come around and hear this story about the girl that he met, but he never saw her again. And he's so old that he has to go to the hospital and now he's on his deathbed and this little old lady nurse comes to him and he says, could you just tell me a Christmas story? And she says, I met him up in Delaware in 1937. And she tells her side of the story and they're reunited. I love Christmas stories. And this Christmas story was one that the shepherds repeated to everybody. And I'm sure that they repeated it to everybody for the rest of their life, of the day they met Jesus. You guys, if you've met Jesus, you got to tell somebody. Somebody needs to hear that story of hope, that story of joy and peace. And they're probably saying, you know, out of all the people God could have chosen, he didn't choose the leaders or the, or the king or these people that God chose me to be the one to hear this message and to make a difference. But what about you? You have a story. You probably have more than one story. Maybe like the shepherds, you felt like an outcast. Maybe like the shepherds, you felt lonely, or you felt inadequate, or you felt full of regret, but like the shepherds, you can meet Jesus and you can have peace and joy and every, all that other stuff can just go away. Because the God who chooses shepherds is the same God who chooses people like you and me. What's something we can learn from these shepherds? The first thing is accept the peace and joy that Jesus offers. It's a gift. All you have to do is accept it. Say, God, I accept your peace and joy. I accept Jesus into my life. And it's not just something you do that one time with, yes, there's the time when you're saved, but accepting that peace and joy is something you can do on a regular basis because we need it all the time. The second thing that we can learn from them is to share the story of joy with someone. You guys, this season, somebody needs to hear about the reason I was going to say the reason for the season, but it's really cliche, but I already started. So the reason for the season, it's Jesus. And not everybody gets that. You'd be surprised to know how many people have heard the name Jesus, but have no idea what it means for them. And they need to hear what it means to you so they know what it can mean for them. Like the shepherds, you can set your eyes on him tonight. The God who chooses shepherds chose you to be here to hear this news. So let's close in prayer and set our eyes on him. Jesus, thank you for coming into our world to save us. Thank you that you came for the outcasts. God, that you came to give us peace and joy. And Lord, I pray that we would learn from the story of the shepherds that you came for us, that you choose us, even though we had so many flaws and we're so messed up, God, that you chose us and you shower us with your love and grace. And God, if any student hasn't experienced that ever, that they would talk to someone or they want to experience it again, that they would... Talk to a leader about that, Lord, that you give him the courage to do that. Thank you so much for this amazing news. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth with whom he is pleased. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You guys, tonight, are doing something a little bit different. Normally, what would we do right now? Small groups. Small groups. Small groups. You're right.